Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Scott Bass, good morning. Uh, We have longtime sponsor Need Essentials with us today. Yes, you know, I tell you, this morning, it's, I described it as a shroud of dense, cold fog on the coastline, like a warm summer day in Belfast. That's what my surf report was this morning. And I'm not sure how that's going to be received. It's my first attempt at, at humor on KPBS and we'll see, I might get some backlash, but my point is it feels like full suit weather. And um, although the water's right around 66, this is one of those mornings where I'm like grabbing the full suit, you know, I'd rather be toasty. Plus the neat essentials, full, the full suit, it, it's, they're so maneuverable these days. They're so, yeah, it feels totally. just like a second skin, you know? Yeah. That's the thing when you leave the house and it feels like we're going into autumn and winter, but you know, the water temp is still warm. Yeah. There's a real psychological game that takes place with yourself where you're like, ah, should I, I feel like I'm going to be cold, even though I know the water is warm. It's hard to, it's hard to strip down naked in the uh, cold, knowing that you'll be warm in five minutes. I know. And, and Need Essentials is right there with us, you know, comforting us. So when you and I first started, when we first found Need Essentials, which was independently on a show five or six years ago, and we just brought it up organically, like, dude, I found this new wetsuit brand, no logos, uh, less expensive, all this stuff. It was only wetsuits at that time. But now, jackets, snow gear, outerwear, all that stuff. So not only do they have you protected in the water, but they'll have you protected before you get in the water. Absolutely. Uh, go to neatessentials.com, right? Or neatessentialsusa.com. 
Yeah, wherever you are in the world, it'll direct you to the appropriate site. For us, it's Need Essentials USA, but yeah. you could type in needessentials.com and it'll get you there too. Uh, for everything you need, all the essentials. And then and of course, and yeah, yeah go, ahead. go. Well, I was going to say no. this time, this is the time of year where I walk into my little wetsuit closet and I've got brand new crispy Need Essentials full suits just hanging out, ready to be grabbed. Yeah, Feels that's good. the key. Um, and then surf NVS for all of your surfboard fin needs. This is naked Viking surf. Um, they make, you've seen their fins everywhere. I mean, they've, they do such a great job at doing custom fins and small production runs. So if you're a smaller shaper who, you know, can't hit the minimum quantities from some of the larger brands, NVS will get you dialed. So I know, um, Stu Kenson album, um, the list goes on and on. Blackbird. I saw Tim Crozier two days ago and I saw his Blackbird fins and a glider that he had. Um, so check them out as well. Surfnvs.com. Yeah, Tim has that those NVS fins in that. that did you see the blue one he had? The blue glider? The blue. Yeah, you're fin? not are you allowed to say the name? I don't want to say the name. I don't want to say the name either. Without permission. I'm just gonna leave that up to Tim because. Beautiful board, but, though. Yeah, super good. Wild board. I've never seen anything like it, actually. Or, I mean, I've never ridden anything like it. I've seen things like it. It's a lot of board. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. Uh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, freaking guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, to the guy. Hell to the yes. It <laughs> is spit. We're talking all things surf, David, on this Wednesday morning at September 29th. As we speak, the west coast of Florida is getting slammed with a Category 5 Hurricane Ian literally right now. Like, sadly, I guess, well, probably, you know, death and destruction. Somebody's probably going to pass away from this. So it's kind of a a weird morning and it sort of got an ominous vibe to it. Yeah, it does. Um, what does this mean for surf in Florida? Not to be crass, but <laughs> we cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The death and destruction part and get <laughs> exactly. right to the waves. Um, you know, I'm not an expert there. You know, it's funny. Every time you do see hurricanes up there and near that panhandle, it does seem to be offshore somewhere. Um, I think right now it's, there's no, you know, maybe in Alabama or something, you know, That's Alabama has waves. Wherever it would be on the outskirts, right, of the intensity, but that thing is so big that it covers everything, yeah. essentially, or certainly all of Florida. Yeah. So maybe elsewhere, North Carolina or something. Texas. Yeah. In that little gulf. I don't know. You know, it's one of those things. It's kind of like when a hurricane goes up into the... Um, uh, not the Gulf of Mexico, but, you know, the, the Gulf between, what's that Gulf called between mainland and Baja? Gulf of California? Oh, I'm not sure. I can't believe I don't. Sea of Cortez. Thank you. Yeah. The sea of Cortez. Of course, Ernest Hemingway wrote a great book, right? Was it Hemingway? No. Who wrote that great uh, book about the Sea uh, of Cortez? I don't know. It was Steinbeck. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going down a bunch of old man 
rabbit holes here. Yeah, but what I was going to say is there's always these little nooks and crannies that light up randomly once every five years where you're like, God, I wonder if anyone's flying, you know, like, does anyone, is anyone secretly scoring? And I hope they are. And I hope, and I hope that the emphasis is on secretly, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't it be great if somebody's just getting some epic little zone that he knows about and he's not out there putting it on Instagram and all of that I, stuff. I hope that I think still that, occurs. I think that absolutely occurs. And one person though, who does uh, blast it on Instagram and who has then made me want to surf Alabama for the first time in my life, because I never even thought about it in regard yeah. to waves yeah. is Sterling Spencer. Oh, Right. Have you seen his footage coming out of Alabama? No, no, it's not. It's not like recent. I mean, maybe he's getting waves there now too, but he lives in Pensacola, uh, yeah. Florida. So I think Scambia it's a high school. Oh, really? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know? My wife's from Pensacola and she went to a Scambia high school. I had no idea. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, uh, then she would be able to tell you yeah. there's surf. Uh, I forget what it, the spot's called, but 30 minutes away is Alabama basically, or is the border. And then there's waves yeah. over there yeah. and um, he'll post clips of marginal days and it still looks fun. But then occasionally he'll get these hurricane days that are, you know, barreling head, yeah. head high barreling. There's it's all mixed up, of course, hurricane surf, but it is head high barreling. And uh, makes me really, and there's nobody out. And the people who are out don't really know how to surf, you know, because they don't get good waves. And so, uh, yeah, makes me want to go spend time with Sterling. All right. Fair enough. Well, um, yeah. So we'll see how this Hurricane Ian plays out here regarding death and destruction. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, what else is on your plate here, David? Let me tell I'm, you. Or go yeah. ahead. Well, um, yeah, well, we were talking about the electric acid surfboard test last week. Yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah. I think we mentioned the winner, right? Did we get to that part? Oh, we nope. haven't? Oh, nope. Okay, well, let me just roll the segue in there then. So Alex Lopez has removed himself from the Icons of Foam shaping competition honoring Timmy Patterson. And in his stead is a guy who was in the electric acid surfboard test and a guy who came in second place last year at the boardroom shows best in show. And his name is John Simon, Simon shapes. So John Simon's going to be shaping in the icons of foam tribute to Timmy Patterson. And we're extremely excited. I'm a big fan of John's and uh, he's a great young man. And he teamed up with Ryan Birch for the third place finishing board in the electric acid surfboard test with Mick Fanning. This is a excellent move for young John Simon. He has been on the ascent and every year I see him at the boardroom show. I've seen him. I've been to a shop once or twice as well. He shares space with Michael Arnall in uh, Ventura. So I've been in there once or twice. And um, every time I see him, it's not just that he's gotten better and gotten a little more exposure. He jumps by leaps and bounds. Yeah. It's like the first time I met him, it's like, oh, this young kid just getting into it. Next time it was like, he has, I forget how many boards under his belt, working with so-and-so, the boards look incredible. Next time I see him, he has all this innovation in his shape, in his designs, that is stuff that I haven't actually seen other people doing. So he's actually 
got a lot of focus, you know, yeah. like a real design kind of concept that he's trying to achieve. And of course, his execution, use of the tools, familiarity, comfort with all the tools, being able to execute the design is top notch. And then he's getting these opportunities like through electric acid surfboard tests and he's showing up for them. He's actually exactly. uh, delivering the goods. Exactly. And so, and so to see him, you know, one or two years ago at the boardroom show, just being a polite young man, introducing himself, all that sort of stuff. And now see him being involved in the competition. I, I'm expecting him to deliver like he has in all these other ways. Yeah, I, I am certainly pulling for him. I totally agree with everything you said. He's, it's exciting to see a, a young shaper um, that, that can build, board with his, build boards with his hands. And, um, and he, you're right, he's, he's stepped up to the plate every time. When he's asked, he's like, absolutely, I will be there. Can't wait. You can count on me. And he's just like hyper-focused, you know, and he's pulling yeah. it off. And, um, and I'll tell you what, these boards that Timmy is bringing to the table for the shape-off are pretty gnarly. You would think, you know, oh, Timmy Patterson, okay, I'm just going to be able to recreate three cool Timmy Patterson shortboards, you know? But no, that's not the case. Timmy's got some crazy stuff. He's going to throw some major curveballs at these guys. And it's going to take um, all of your hand-shaping chops to pull this off. And it's going to be a fun one because of that. There's some, there's some crazy designs. Amazing. Timmy's Curious. into it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see. Well, Timmy's always been an advocate and involved in the boardroom show in one way or another. So great to see him have this opportunity. And I'm sure he would have ideas going into it. By the way, the boardroom show is October 8th and 9th. So it's in about 10 days. And um, you can win a trip to Nicaragua with um, this surf adventure travel outfit roomtoroam.com if you go to room to Rome, you can enter for free for a trip to nicaragua but if you buy a ticket to the boardroom show you're entered twice to win this trip to nicaragua and they're going to announce the winner at the boardroom show on sunday so at their booth so um, there's that to look forward to as well i mean and you're giving away those surfboards three surfboards <laughs> you're like john simon every time we show up you're delivering the goods giving away three surfboards i'm giving away a surfboard october 6th it's an instagram thing then we're doing the early bird first 100 people paid through the door saturday morning get one of the rossins from last year and then on sunday the same thing the first 100 people paid through the door on sunday that's the one where you know there's going to be some stragglers anyway three surfboards we're giving away and a trip to nicaragua so there's going to be a lot going on at the boardroom show Amazing. Um, yeah, excited. Uh, October 8th and 9th. So two weeks, week and a half. Yeah. Week and a half. October 8th Crazy. And 9th. Yeah. Del Mar. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Um, oh, presented by yeah. us blanks presented by us blanks. They've been with me since, uh, almost since the very beginning and they've been a loyal and supportive partner and I really appreciate their support. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so in my notes, I have the final episode of the electric acid surfboard test, which you alluded to, and the ISA games wrapped up. So that's a story as well. Where yes. should we begin? Let's go with the electric acid surfboard test. 
I think that the uh, cat is out of the bag in regards to who won, and so we will not be spoiling anything here. Go ahead. Right? Yeah. Okay, good. good. Congratulations to one Donald Brink and Matt Biolis, San yes. Clemente's own and South Africa's own, I suppose. <laughs> <You're> both <laughs> by way. Saying, yeah, by way of, yeah, exactly. Exactly. By way of, yeah. um, so I think there was no question. If you just watch Mick riding these surfboards, to me, there was, it was a foregone conclusion that Brink and Biolis were going to win. He had moments, I think, on the um, the Shroff and Hayden combo, but it still had its limitations. There was like a skittery element to it. The Brink and Biolis board, I just thought it looked like Fanning was able to do it. Fanning didn't have to downplay any of his own abilities in surfing, which I felt like on some of the other boards, he was limited. He's yeah. this... F1 driver who's then in a minivan and you know he's trying to navigate the minivan as best as he can sometimes but it's not the minivan isn't designed for the F1 track basically on the Brink board it was not necessarily an F1 car Brink Biolis board it was not necessarily an F1 car but it was adding an element to the F1 track for Fanny to kind of feel more comfortable in and do different things on yeah, and let me say that the waves in the Maldives, I thought, were perfect for that board. I mean, if look, Mick Fanning key. is such totally. a world champion, high class, like just next level, top level surfer, that he could have surfed his normal, um, what is it right, DHDs or something? Yeah. He could have ridden Darren's boards out there, you know, his high performance shortboard, and absolutely tore it to bits, and we wouldn't even have noticed. But that wave sort of, suits itself to kind of a real fun rippable little twin fin alternative type of high performance surfboard it's not like you know heaving behind the peak behind the rock snapper you know it's there was some two moments but there's a lot of kind of fat sections that you go out onto and and have to bring the board back into the power and so the board was and the wave was perfect for the board. And I think that's a big part of it as I watched these things over the years, you know, and that's why some of the other boards didn't even have a chance. Because Well, wave. I talked to, I talked to Donald about that exact thing. And he said it was a huge advantage, A, knowing where Mick was going and B, Matt Biolas has been there and surfed there previously. Yeah. So Matt had a good understanding of what, the, what to expect from the waves. Um, and the forecast, I don't know how they knew the forecast or how much lead time they would have had. But anyways, he knew that there could possibly be wind. And so that was an element as well. So Donnie wanted to make an EPS epoxy construction and he was kind of dead set on it going into the collaboration because yeah. that's what he works with 95% of the time. Oh. And and then Matt was like, no, for where Mick's going, that's just a non-starter. We cannot do that. And so they went PU. But he also knew the waves would be rippable. If you thought the waves were going to be flawless and like groomed barrels, they would have built a different board. And I think other people built boards that would have been suited for those conditions in this contest. But exactly what you're saying is right. The one detail, though, um, that I'll clarify is that the board is a thruster. It's not a twin fin. Right. Okay. It's a thruster. Yeah. yeah. Well, gosh, the, the board looked great. And I will say that the Hayden shapes... Shroff collab looked pretty good too. And there were 
moments when I was watching the final episode, where I was like, well, you know, maybe it's kind of a long shot, but maybe he'll just go this one, you know, um, because it's got such an extreme sort of alternative look and aesthetic to it to fit the competition. Maybe Mick would just go, well, this is kind of the craziest one that worked, you know, on some level is that what we're looking for the craziest board that actually works good because it seems like, you know, with Mick, especially we're kind of whittling it down to how close can we get to a really good trifin without it being a really high performance trifin, you know, like it, it's, it wasn't that crazy of an alternative shape. You know what I mean? Well, interestingly, the uh, staff gave each of the collaborative collaboration groups assignments in terms of length. So Matt Parker, Joe Falcone had the high end having to make something that was seven feet long. Donald Brink and Biolas had the low end having to make something that was shorter than five foot three. And when you look at uh, Matt Parker and Falcone, you really think, there's almost no way they can win this. They're really hamstrung by this seven foot assignment. Yeah. And it's a really unfair, you know? But if you think about it, the five three is equally as challenging. Like, I think that's a really tough assignment as well. And um, they really navigated that challenge and they made a board that was five two by seven, five two and seven eights, basically. So just barely shy of five three. But it took a lot of engineering and thought to be able to make something that small that isn't strictly novelty. Like to be able to, because it would have been easy to make a wide twin fin and just thought, you know, or oh, we're going to pack a bunch of volume into here and he'll just have fun on it. But they kind of thought, no, it's Mick Fanning, three time world champ, still surfing at a top level. We kind of have to build a thruster. We have to build something that shreds. How do you fit that into a three, five foot three package? And, uh, not an easy task no and a cool board and and you posted your um i think it was you that posted your interview yesterday with brink and there was a picture of the board and i and i wrote i think it was on your instagram yeah, it was. I, I was, yeah. and i wrote you know q van halen's everybody wants one you know and oh. i want one too you know like that's kind of the vibe from from this episode is like sign me up you know that i know you know, Mick, they just make the boards look so good. I, there's no, I promised myself like 10 years, I would never ride anything under 510. Yeah. And to ride a 5.3 at my age is just crazy. But, um, well, the other thing is it's narrow. Oh, you're like, yeah, what is it like 19 or something? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends because they make, they're making stock models between five, shoot, I think five zero up to like six one. Ooh. So they, they range in with, um, within that range, but yeah. they're narrow. How, they're how, not they're not how narrow is the six one do you think 20 i have no i have no idea I, I i have a line in the sand it's 5 10 and 20 we even 20 I'll, is I mean, almost I'll, too narrow for me <laughs> so they are don donald said that they're going to be available on lost website yeah. for sale on october 1st so this weekend so oh, i don't sure. know if they're actually up right now but they'll have all the dimensions listed well they'll pro i'm hoping they'll have them at the boardroom show I'm hoping. Oh yeah, of course they would. Matt will bring one to the boardroom show. That'll be cool. And I'd like to actually spread the word about that. You could come see that board at the boardroom show in the lost booth. That would be really cool. I'll tell you this, Donnie, uh, Donnie deserves a lot of credit and 
as much for his design and his outside the box thinking. And really, here's what's interesting to me about it is that Matt and uh, Mike Riola, the other guy at Lost, they've they've been sort of known as as expert marketers. You know, they're really good at marketing their brand, and it comes from a from a very authentic and passionate place. Like Lost is yeah. kind of who those guys are. Like uh, there's no BS, you know. Totally. And they come from sort of that surf ghetto San Clemente thing, which is kind of funny because now it's like super high and exclusive to live in San Clemente. But back in 92, you could live on a couch somewhere and swill beer all day long, which I'm sure they did on some level. And so that comes across, right? And so they're known as these like really great marketers and they were able to, to kind of have this rough edged vibe about them. But when you think about what Donnie Brink did, creating this really groovy package, this care package for Mick Fanning, even down to the to the package of Marlboros to give to the boat drivers, which is like gold, you know, an American cigarette in the Maldives, you know, that's like, wow, that is, that's next level marketing that. And I think that blew Matt away. Completely. Yeah. Donnie detailed in our discussion, which I haven't released yet. I did post that Instagram, but he uh, details what was in the fanning pack. You know As it were. They should sell the board with the fanning pack. Like, I don't want the board unless I get the packet of cigarettes and the asymmetrical tail pad and the little custom fins and, and the little note and the mixtape. You know, I wonder what, yeah. by the way, I'm kind of curious what music is on the mixtape. You know, glad that like, you, I'm glad that you asked. Is it like uh, it September will, from Cool in the Gang? Or? <laughs> it will be all available on no uh, Step. Yeah. He gave me a little business card that has a QR code on it. You scan it and the music, the playlist pops up on stab is going to publish the playlist. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Donald, Donald had it all ready to go on his end, but it it just makes more sense for stab to put it on their channels and stuff, yeah, you for know? Sure, for sure. So they're redoing the prompt or the QR code. Uh, so it'll all filter through stabs media and their presence is larger. Uh, but, and to your point, Creatures of Leisure is going to be doing the asymmetrical pad that will be available for the board. So oh, that's cool. So yeah, Donald is the creative, the very thoughtful, detailed creative behind that stuff. But I don't know that he ever comes at it from a marketing angle. He comes at it from a Love. very, very personal angle. Yeah, exactly. You know, like if, if you've exactly. ever dealt with him in terms of buying a surfboard, it is a reflection of his interaction with you it's not necessarily a reflection of you it's got a lot of his dna in it but it's a reflection of the interaction between you and he and so that's what that board was but a couple of brands who are associated with the project do have marketing teams involved and they go wait a second well, let's just tap into this this is no a, doubt this is a city of oil under our feet all we got to do is put up the rig you yeah. know and pump this out and so yeah. yeah asymmetrical tail pads he did say that they were in talks about a fanning pack as well but i don't know if that's going to come to fruition um yeah the music will be available all of it and the boards obviously so i think it's quite the moment the music quite the moment for donald the music's interesting because I guess you, I'm thinking, oh, you, you got to get licensing for all that. But I guess not if you're just like, no. here's the Spotify playlist and it's not a big all. deal. Yeah. yeah, they're not selling the music. Well, I'll tell you, you know, we often speak about the 
surfer shaper relationship, ordering a custom surfboard and how sometimes special it can be. Other times it's just, you know, business. Okay. Here's the card. Here's the money. Get, make me a board. Thank you very much. If you order a board from Donald Brink and you and I have, we've both spent time in his shaping bay. It's a pretty friggin' special thing. And it's him, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned, it's, it's this, he's a, he's a very sweet and loving guy. And um, I, I would highly recommend to everybody. Frankly, everyone should get a custom board from Matt too, because Matt's underneath the, uh, the veneer of sort of graf is a very, first of all, I think, believe it or not, I'm going to say somewhat underrated designer because he's, because hmm. he's so, he's, they're known so much for, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I guess you and I really know him from their videos in the nineties, but you know, this guy is, uh, is like what I got from the, from the stab or from your thing maybe was how much thought, you know, Matt put into this, you know, like, and, and he drew the line in the sand too. He's like, look, let's just start with a foundation, which I know Mick's going to like as far as like rocker and stuff. And then from there, let's, let's bring it down and let's, let's add some, some stuff that Donnie's got going on. Well, you're entirely right. And Donnie mentioned that in our conversation as well. He said, Matt gets, he, I'll use my own words, but essentially what he was saying is Matt gets a lot of grief for being gruff, like you said. And the reality is Matt's time, we all have the same amount of time in in a day. And Matt has so many people pulling at him that he's had to, he's had to develop a gruffness just so that people don't waste his time. When you're in that position, so many people waste your time. And especially as a surfboard shaper, people want to come in and just chat and they're never going to buy anything. And then they want to, they bring a six pack. So now you want to, they want to drink with you. So you're drinking in the middle of the day. You know what I mean? And it's, it's rude to say no. And so at a certain point, if you want to run your business effectively, you have to start saying no. Well, as it turns out, a lot of people don't listen to no. And so what you got to do is slam the door in their face and growl at them. And so to a certain degree, Donnie's saying that's kind of Matt's thing is just a response to people not respecting his time. And the other detail that you're talking about his uh, design prowess Donnie was saying like, oh gosh, you got a tough assignment working with Matt. He's gruff. Donald goes, no, he goes, no, I actually can't think of a surfboard shaper who's done more collaborations than Matt. Like Matt is, he has done countless with shapers, with different brands, with different construction technologies. He's kind of, and he's been on the forefront of a lot of that stuff. So he's very open-minded to working with other people. He's not set in his ways necessarily. And he's open-minded to then learning from those people as well. So the Donald thing, we were able to be a fly on the wall through that interaction. But if you just look at his track record, he's putting out two or three collaborations a year for 20 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, he deserves a ton of credit. Yeah. Well, he does. And 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 Stab deserves some credit because putting those two together is sort of a perfect blend. You know, you've got you got Donnie super sweet and thoughtful, and Matt, who again is very thoughtful and in his own way a sweet person. Um, but you know, like you say, time constrained. And it was like um, well, for instance, if you like Greg Weber was with um, a guy, Josh, like, Josh Kia. Yeah. That seemed kind of like two of the same guys and it, they didn't really, 
in my opinion, from what I saw in the video, they didn't really mesh as perhaps as as well as maybe two other people could have meshed. You know, it seemed well, like Keo was like, here we go. It's a Greg Weber show. And Greg was just being damn right it is. <laughs> and just being kind of his his caricature. And Josh was kind of like, all right, I guess I'm along for the ride, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so and not, you sense that they were both sort of like alphas, you know? Yeah, that the same guys in that way, but very different in terms of Keo is willing to just let Greg uh, not. Greg, yeah. yeah, where I felt like Donald was a uh, little bit more willing to, uh, you know, push yeah. push his ideas against Matt if Matt was trying to do the Greg Weber thing. So I don't know who would have been the good pairing for Greg. He'd almost have to get a uh, equally like Matt Biolis versus Greg Weber would be very interesting. Because yeah. neither of them are going to back down in their ideas. <laughs> You'd get two boards. <laughs> one by Greg. Totally. <laughs> Completely. The best comment, which I read two or three weeks ago, was the best pairing for Greg Weber would have been Greg Weber. <laughs> yeah. You know, as I think about it, too, sometimes in many ways, I'm like, gosh, did has Stab kind of reached the high point with the electric acid surfboard test? With this board, with Mick Fanning, with these waves, with with Matt and Donnie, what Donnie did with the little pack, like it's going to be hard. Like if you get selected next year, you're going to be like, shoot, shoot, should I make some sort of special little love package for the guy? Or, you know, like, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it, they're going to have I, to, they're, and they're good at blowing it up and reorganizing it. You know, it's kind of like spelling bee on the New York times. They just push that button and the letters get spun around and it comes out in a different way. Yeah. I don't, the great thing that or what stab has done successfully is it doesn't have to be better than this version it just has to be different and tapping into the moment and i think yeah. that this just kind of tapped into the moment uh <coughs> excuse me um somebody sent me a message and they said you know after watching that final episode i think one thing is evident is that the world needs more donald brink and i don't just mean in terms of the number of surfboards he can put out or the, yeah. you know, him building boards for everybody. Yeah. And so I think what that person meant when they sent that message is that there's a kindness exactly. and a thoughtfulness to Donald that we didn't know we needed in this moment, but in this moment is so superficial and, um, you Angst, know, with angst ridden, angst ridden yeah the way that social media the way that news is delivered the way that yeah. we exist on social media everybody's faking everybody's fronting more is always better bigger is better louder is better and so for donald to kind of slide in and just be like nope i'm doing everything by hand i'm only going to build two boards a week they're going to be very thoughtful i'm going to only speak at this level of volume if you can't hear me <laughs> that that's that's your that's your problem you know <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing what I'm, and you're drawn into it and you realize the value in it. And that's kind of what the world needs more of, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I know you are too. And I'm such a big fan of Donald Brink and there's a sense of humility that, that he basically, he, he, he puts some, he puts a pretty big mark that I'm, that I'm shooting for, you know, like if I could be more like Donald Brink, I'd be a better person. Let me put it to you that way. I know I have that thought too. And then I, I mean, I s spent hours talking to him the other day and realized I'm just not that person. <laughs> I know. I know. It's okay. <laughs> you know to be what I mean? Too. Yeah. Hey, look, <laughs> it was like, 
<laughs> I literally like in the meet, not even leaving the meeting, but in the conversation, I'm like, can I slow down this much? Can I put this much attention to detail? I'm like, no, I got my brains already annoyed and moving on in these other directions. I just have to be running fast all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I wish I was more like him. Yeah. I mean, you, we can shoot for the ideal, you know, we're not going to maybe hit the mark, but uh, well, in many ways, our flaws are our humanity, which is our beauty. Well, um, one other thing that's worth doubling because he says it in our interview, but I'll restate it here is, uh, he goes, you know, these boards will be available through Lost. So that means a lot of people around, I think only in the US actually, but a lot of people around the US will be able to buy these, uh, but not everybody. And a smaller number of people can buy boards directly from me, but certainly not everybody. He's like, go to your local shaper. Like you can even explain you, that you were kind of inspired by this stab piece and maybe your shaper watched the piece as well, but go have a conversation with them and maybe they build you an asymmetrical five foot three, maybe not, you know, but whatever, start there because uh, that's kind of where the best outcomes come from. And again, you're certainly welcome to go to the shop and buy this mix mixtape as well. Um, but yeah. your local shaper will get you into something good. Yeah. That's a, what, what great advice. I mean, that, just that right there is like sums up Donald Brink. Perfect. It really does. Well, okay. So you said thanks goes to stab. Uh, yeah. I want to restate that also because we really poo pooed the idea two months ago when we saw the concept. That's and... what we do good contempt prior to investigation. It's like, it's the humankind's number one sin. I think it was justified. I mean, it's a, it's an outlandish concept and our criticisms were valid, but Sam had a very pointed idea that we didn't see. And uh, the value of it, which we talked about in previous weeks, was being able to see these shapers interacting with one another. You glean a lot of their design insights. You glean a lot yeah. of their personality types in yeah. a way that you wouldn't if it was just a straightforward interview with them. So that is what I thought the main um, value was. But yeah. I stated throughout all of it, we're probably not going to get a board out of this that is revolutionary in its design and maybe that is a stretch maybe we don't have a board that's revolutionary in its yeah, design but we do have too much yeah but we do it did net a board that is greater than the sum of its parts kind yeah. of which i didn't anticipate happening i yeah. thought that it was always going to be a board that was lesser than what any of the one individual shapers would have made but i think in this instance we got a board that's actually greater than the sum of its parts so Kudos. Sam tip, saw the yeah. vision. I tip didn't of the see cap. it. Yeah. Tip of the cap to the guys. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you're not, and, and we, we are in no way um, affiliated with stab at all, <clears throat> but if you're listening or, to this or and, Donald or Matt. Yeah. Um, I highly suggest that you become a stab premium member as am I, I pay hard yeah, cash. They don't give me shit. Yeah. And um and frankly, I think that they're, they're like, oh, no, not the old. I hope the old guy's not going to endorse us. <laughs> no. But I'm, I'm a sure big they're fan of what they do. It's such good content. Yeah. And getting better with each piece. Yeah. Um, so Stab deserves and Sam specifically deserves the kudos. And then also Mick Fanning deserves a huge yeah. pat on the back because uh, he, I mean, this is a, 
interesting concept. He came in, he was totally game and he didn't have the right fins for the first part, most of the trip. He was game with all of it and he surfed incredibly and he communicated incredibly effectively. And I know we always talk about who else we would like to see in the pilot yeah. position. Yeah. I would not have picked Mick for this, but he nailed it as good as anybody could. You know, it's interesting because because I thought Taj really nailed it when he did it. Yes. And, you know, when he I think he didn't do he did stab in the dark. But my point is, and, and Mick did stab in the dark too, is like it's interesting. And maybe I'm just making a silly generalization, but the Australians seem to have a better, seem to have a way of, of kind of going, you know what, this board's not really that good. Whereas, you know, you're, you're always kind of walking that fine line where, look, I'm not really here to piss anyone off or to tell anyone that this board or this person's shape isn't the best board. So they have this really sort of, I don't know what the word is, but sort of egalitarian. How do I say that? Egalitarian, egalitarian or just tactful even yeah thank you tactful an ability to just um be honest but without like you know poo-pooing too hard yeah and that's what we want i mean i'm totally fine with critical you know being critical as long yeah. as it's not intended just to be rude like as right. long as it's insightful and yeah mick did a great job of that uh we got feedback from a listener about this concept and the way that it was executed Hey guys, listening to the spit right now, you guys are talking about the electric acid surfboard test and uh, assigning boards and dimensions. And, and I do agree. It, this would be like taking Mario Andretti and giving him a high-performance sports car, an SUV, a four-wheel drive, and a luxury sedan and saying, guys, we'll drive all four of these cars and tell me which one out of the four drives best. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Let the shaper shape what they think the surfer is going to like and not assign oddball shapes and sizes and dimensions. It, just, it makes no sense. So, yeah, I think there needs to be uh, a little bit of rethinking on this whole project on Stab's behalf. Anyways, guys, enjoy the show. Keep up the good work, and uh, peace out. Later. I mean, we always, with hindsight, have ideas for how to improve the concept and i think that's a great one right there is eliminate the assignments yeah that's um really good feedback and basically what we sort of spoke about last time and and i would say this that i've got some feedback one of the things i noticed from my feedback is people were calling this stab in the dark like people go hey you're right about that stab in the dark thing you know and so i don't know if that's just the people that were communicating with me were just sort of didn't know the brand well enough to know that there's a different differentiation between those two things, or if we're getting those two um, concepts that Stabs put forward are getting closer together as opposed to further away from each other. And um, it'll be, I'm looking forward. I, like I said, I'm looking forward to what they're going to come up with next. And and in many, I know that you and I will come up with some ideas on maybe ways that they could could do things differently, spots that they could choose to surf, and surfers that they could choose to pilot the program, and um, and it's it's always exciting, it's always fun. Yeah, that's what it is. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I think they're doing a great job with it. One of the improvements that they made in the last two years was making it episodic, so having these four parts, stretching it out. Um, 
I think it's great. I think it actually could be, they could even have like bonus content that comes with it. That's even more detailed. You know, I feel like the shapers, cause like I got to talk to Donald Brink about this board design and I realized, man, they really didn't cover any of this in the electric acid surfboard test. They gave you a very cursory overview of the board, but really never got into the design itself. So I feel like there's tons of shoulder content that stab has the raw material right now they're sitting on and that could all become uh i mean podcasts long form interviews all that kind of stuff so and specifically donnie he's like a mad scientist i mean he'll break down fin design for an hour so Mm -hmm. you know he's he's one that would lend itself towards that let me ask you this what if they did an electric acid surfboard test and if i was to ask you where should they what wave where what location would be a fun one i'm thinking um, and I'll, I'll go first. I'm thinking those long points down in South America, in, in Peru and um, like left, left, left points. Yeah. Left points. And so then you go, okay, well then who's the pilot if we're going to, and what are the boards? Is that too limiting? Because Ryan Birch. Birch would be good. Is he the best communicator? Don't know. So Birch comes to mind. What about Machado? Oh gosh, Machado would be a no-brainer. And and what if you like so in those waves? What kind of board are you bringing to those? Like if you could only bring one board to that to those waves, you're kind of bringing a fishy board, aren't you? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, maybe that's, that's a great question. Well, it'd be nice just to see something different. To be honest, I um, think the thing to do is to get a high performance surfer that's not one to go towards alternative craft and put him in a long wave like wherever that's kind of lends itself a little bit more to a fishy design but does have tube moments you know and that way you get a guy that's just geared towards epic like north carolina beach breaks like brett barley just tube a tube hound you know or um who's the new york ballerum Ballroom stack, who's like just a high performance guy, get him on a long wave where he has to ride something that he's not used to riding and get those guys. Cause I love that contrast. You know, if you get Machado or Birch, they ride those boards every day. I'd rather get a guy that's like, Oh, this is kind of a curveball to me too. I usually ride an 18 and three quarter inch board. What's this 21 inch wide twin fin thing. You know, I, I think that might be a good contrast. I think that's a great idea. This is, a little bit of a segue, um, but I just thought of it based on what you're talking about. Looks like Joel Tudor is getting some pipe boards ready. Is he competing in the Vans uh, Pipe Masters? I wouldn't surprise me. I did talk to him. He, I know that Tosh, and I surfed with Tosh yesterday. Tosh Tudor is in. I don't know if I told you that, but Tosh Tudor is in the Vans Pipeline Masters. And I was speaking with Joel and we were kind of, I was going, what's the deal with it? He didn't seem to understand the rules either, the judge, okay. you know, he okay. was like, well, I don't know. We Tosh and I were trying to figure it out ourselves. Like, do we, you know, he was kind of under the impression that a 10 a 10. You don't have yeah. to do a, an aerial at the end of every wave, but then it's so like, he, well, what if you get a 10 and you kick out and the other guy gets a 10 and he does an aerial, like, is it? An well, then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think that, makes sense if you get equally insane barrels and one guy does an air at the end then of course that would be a better score but you can get a 10 on a barrel alone um so he didn't indicate whether or not he was competing 
No, I didn't even ask. I just, because you and I were speaking about it. I just asked him about Tosh. I just figured he wasn't competing, you know, but. I, how sick would it be considering what's the contention between Joel and the WSL? How sick would it be if he goes and competes in the Pipe Masters? I mean, he's been in it before. He's been in it numerous times and he's definitely, um, I mean, he's, he's a player. A, he's a total player. And it would be super cool to see the father son thing, you know, like that would be pretty, that's a great story in and of itself. Right. All of it is a phenomenal story. I'd be stoked to see Tosh win. That would be insane. See Tosh Tudor win the pipe masters, I think would be pretty cool. I think it's a little bit of a reach. Um, it is. And Tosh and Joel both, to be honest, because they can get in early and get a 10 point ride at pipe, but they won't necessarily be able to knife in at back door. And so there's guys like Nathan Florence, John, John Florence. Yeah. There's, a, there's a bunch of guys. Yeah. That have like a bunch of different tools in the tool yeah. chest for whatever wave pops up out there. Whereas I feel like Joel and Tosh are looking for one specific type of wave. Hey, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back. Sounds good. Right, Scott Bass, we owe some love to uh, realwatersports.com. Well, absolutely. Here's the deal. If you're not going to be able to make it to the boardroom show and buy a board there, the next best thing, or maybe even the better option, is to go to Real Water Sports, Google them up, go to their website, check out all the insane surfboards, all the killer fins, including NVS, Naked Viking fins, uh, other gear, you know, um, I don't know if they have the Donnie Brink ASIM pad yet, but there's a lot of cool stuff. And it's your one-stop shop for surfboards and surf gear, real water sports. I don't know if they have that ASIM pad, but they do carry creatures of leisure. I do know that much. Yeah. And in that's worth noting too, is we always talk about their surfboards because it's 1500 board inventory. They'll ship it to you anywhere in the world. They've got really unbeatable shipping rates, uh, but they have everything else that you need. They have board bags, traction, leashes, fins, obviously. Um, and then beyond that, clothing. They have clothing as well. Like basically anything you need for surfing or foiling or just life is yeah. available at realwatersports.com. <laughs> so yeah, pretty incredible. Yeah, buy your life stuff at Real Water Sports for sure. Live life and get everything you need for it at realwatersports.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back. Should we um, cover the ISA? Yeah, let's cover the ISA. ISA World Champs um, wrapped up this week in Huntington Beach, California. They had one or two days of really decent surf and then a lot of very marginal days as you are used to seeing from Huntington Beach's competitions. On the women's side, open women's division, congratulations to Kira Pinkerton taking home the gold. Paulina Doe from France took the silver. Sally Fitzgibbons from Australia took the bronze. And Daniela Rosas from Peru took the copper. On the men's side, Kanoa Igarashi wins the open men's division for Team Japan. Rio Waida from Indonesia took the silver. Jackson Baker from Australia took the bronze. And Guilherme Fonseca from Portugal took the copper. Well, congratulations. <clears throat> That's incredible. That, and Kara Pinkerton, I'm just, I was just doing a little Google search. Is she the daughter of, um, there was a guy named Pinkerton last name. I can't remember his first name. It was, it was like a pro surfer in the late 80s and 90s. Does that ring a bell? I'm not sure. No. Doesn't, no. He used to ride for uh, Body Glove, I think. And mm. he's kind of like a PSAA guy. You know, when we had that North American sort of, home pro tour here on the coast of california dial up warshaw yeah anyway former former body glove team writer as well so i reached out to greg cruz who's has some i'm not sure his official capacity with team usa surfing because i was like hey the usa won the isa world championships does that mean that the men get to their third choice which was you and, or excuse me, you and I were speaking about that last week, I believe. And this is what he wrote to me. He said, Scott, it doesn't. The USA didn't win a third men's spot. They won a third woman's spot. Had the men won it, would be given to the top CT competitor at Chopes. That didn't already qualify from being, okay, we knew all that. So basically if Griffin or Chloe finished next season CT as the top two, uh, from the USA and Kelly does third or better from the USA at Chopes. He would get the spot. I don't know. It's confusing. Maybe he missed. Okay. I've got, yeah. help I, me out. Yeah. Help me out. I, I, I think the shit out of it just there. Well, or Greg did. I mean, and here is the reality is it's super confusing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I went to their website. I'm trying to research it. I'm reading different articles about it. It's all very confusing. Yeah. So I don't know why they make it so confusing. Um, And the confusing part is that the men, or I'm sorry, not regardless of men and women, overall, USA wins gold. So there's these individual men division, women's division, 
Then there's also the overall. And in the overall, USA won gold, Australia took silver, France took the bronze. So you think there'd be some, you know, uh, carrot. Yeah, exactly for that. But no, apparently not. It's specific to the individual divisions. So the USA women's team gets one additional surfer that they can pick to go to the Olympics. And the Japan men's team, because Kanoa Igarashi won the men's division, Japan gets the additional male competitor. So Kelly Slater is not in this conversation essentially any longer. But uh-huh. Okay, go ahead, because I think he might be. Okay, go ahead. Because Greg says, look, here's the deal. There will be another chance for the men to win an extra spot during the oh 2023 and 2024 ISA World Surfing Games. Oh, which doesn't, how does that work? So I don't, I don't, I guess, I don't know. So next year at this time in Huntington beach, they're going to do the same contest and there'll be a, okay, got it. That makes sense. And in 24. Because that'll take place before before the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. Jeez. They're just handing out free spots now. (laughs) Before you know it, you and I'll be surfing. Um, So the question then becomes, okay, cool. Women us usa women we have a third pick and by the way the team gets to pick whoever they want they don't even have to be a competitor uh they don't have to be a wct competitor they could just be like the specialist for that spot so they could give this spot to moana jones wong who's hawaiian but via isa rules qualifies as an american uh they can give it to bethany hamilton they could give it to aaron brooks they could give it to Sierra Kerr or maybe Kira Pinkerton earned her spot. Maybe they give it to Kira, you know? Wow. It's amazing how all of those are very interesting picks. Whereas on the men's side, I'm like, just give it to Kelly. You know, right. if, if we win that, that goes to Kelly. But on the women's side, uh, I think that Moana Jones Wong should win. Well, a lot's going to change. I mean, that's the other thing is in the next two years, who knows what's going to happen? There could be somebody that comes up that we don't even know, you know, or um, Moana seems like the obvious pick based on her performance at Pipe. But look at Bethany Hamilton in the backdoor shootout this year. Bethany Hamilton was absolutely charging. But she can get in a little bit early at Pipe. You can't really get in early at Chopu. And so are her kind of charging assets nullified by the steeper drop, the late drop? Here's a random one I just thought of to even add more to the mix here. Um, Vahini, is it Vahini Fierro? Vahini yeah. Fierro. Her dad, I grew up with her dad here in Del Mar. Her dad's an American. Vahini Fierro, maybe, I don't know how it works, but she could maybe surf for the USA. Because she's the best one to pick out there. She I, knows that spot. It's a great call, but I would bet that she would pick the Tahitian flag to surf for. Yeah, but what if the Tahitian flag doesn't even have a, a team in it? Then maybe France. Maybe she'd go for France. Well, I, France is going to have competitive. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they it. don't qualify for the Olympics, because those teams might not even qualify for the Olympics. I'm sure at some point she has to kind of raise her hand and go, this is the country I'm going to be, you know, and it's probably sooner rather than later. But wouldn't that be a crazy wild card if she said, hey, dad, let's 
for the next two years, let's surf, let's raise the American flag here, surf for America. And she's the favorite at Chopu. A hundred percent. I wouldn't be surprised if she has an American passport. I'm sure she does. I, mean, yeah. I can't imagine that Andrew gave up his American citizenship. Yeah. Well, um, the other interesting thing to now analyze is who does Japan pick for a third? I mean, because Japan, if the event was going to be in Japan, like it was previously, they have phenomenal surfers, you know, who they could put into that draw. But who do they pick to go to Tahiti? Well, I mean, who's the young kid that won the U.S. Open a couple of years ago? Uh, O'Hara, Hiroto yeah. O'Hara. But I mean, does he surf Chopu? How about that's my that, po- that's how about my point. that legendary pipe surfer, um, Takeda. Takeda from the yeah, what's his last name? Uh, I've, it's with a W. Wakita, yeah. Wakita, not not. It's Wakita. you know who I mean? Yeah, yeah. like how so he is happy. He's like fifty. <laughs> yeah, but he has a son who's actually doing really well, like on the Challenger series. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he's let me look guy. up. Yeah, his son is. Um, Tachi, Tachi Wakita. So uh, Takayuki Wakita is who you were thinking about. Yes, that would be cool if they, because he could, he could charge Chopu. Okay. So this is from Stab Magazine. Um, They said Tachi Wakita, his dad, Takayuki, uh, Takayuki has a second, has a section of the pipe reef named after him and seems to have passed the swing on anything gene to his son. Tachi is currently ranked 27th on the Challenger Series, making him the second highest ranked competitive Japanese surfer behind Kanoa. Tachi may qualify for the Olympics via the, strong, the traditional ranking route, but if he doesn't, he'd be a solid choice for the third spot. That'd be cool to see his son doing that. The other um, thing I saw on this article, maybe in the comments section, was just a nod to the uh indonesian surfers because obviously indo plays such an important role in the surf world full stop and so to see rio Waida take the silver and i guess the other teammates um were all shredding as well is a really great thing to see well the stab article that the comments also mentioned connor o'leary who's got a japanese mother right he's a guy that could surf for japan good point Anyway, it's professional. I think the, she's a pro- professional bodyboarder, even. The Olympics in Paris is it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like I'm I'm actually interested in it, and it's only because of the wave. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Again, the waves are the stars. If it's proper chopu and NBC Sports and all eyes are on, it, it's gonna be it's gonna blow people's minds. What's phenomenal about it is um, it's an exciting event when we know that the CT surfers are going there. It's a much more exciting event when you know that the sea, that the surfers aren't qualified to surf it, you know, yes. or there's going to be, there's going to be five or 10 of them in the draw that definitely have surfed out there and know what it's about. And then there's going to be 30 or 40 who are just going to be shaking, quaking in their boots. I hope they trim the field if they can, because it's going to be one of those things where the first couple of rounds that we hardly even see on TV are going to be in the rising swell when it's like 18, 16 seconds and it's just mean, you know? And then of course, by the fourth day of competition, it's four feet, you know, yeah. and that would yeah, be yeah. lame. I hope they nail it swell wise. 
Well, that would be lame. And they also probably have such a tight embargo on the footage. So like in other events, we might see somebody in the channel shooting it on their iPhone and streaming it, or you pull up the Surfline cam and watch it. That's going to be an event where it could be pumping and they're not playing, they're not running, they're not uh, streaming it. And we're not able to see the stream anywhere else. Somebody's going to have a drone going just super black market drone footage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's one other news story that we need to touch on, which is a sad story coming off of another sad story last week with the Kalani David passing. Uh, and this one is Chris Davidson. Yeah. Former, former CT surfer Chris Davidson has passed away after an altercation at a bar in New South Wales. Shortly after 11 p.m., emergency services were called to the Sportsman's Way. Um, after reports of a man, a man had allegedly been punched in the face outside the bar and he fell to the ground, hitting his head on the pavement. Officers from the police department attended and located a 45 year old male unconscious. He was treated at the scene by New South Wales ambulance paramedics before being taken to Kemsley Hospital, Kemsley Hospital, where he died a short time later. Yeah. Life is short, you know, like so sad. It's such a sad deal. I think he, I don't know. Did he have a family? I'm not sure. Anyway, regardless, it's just an unfortunate thing. And, you know, I don't want to, um, it's weird. Like you look at news stories and I would suggest to you that eight out of 10 news stories, alcohol is involved. And you, and you don't, they never really say that, you know what I mean? And again, I, I'm not here to, uh, you know, let's just let Chris Davidson rest in peace. I'm sorry to hear about it. I know he was a beloved guy and he's, he's sort of famous. I don't know if you touched on this, but he's sort of famous for, for beating Kelly Slater in competition a few times, two out of three times, I think. First time I encountered, uh, Chris was through the magazines. It was a, I believe it was a surfer magazine and they wrote a profile piece on him for basically that specifically for that. Like he was known as a amazing free surfer, but the bells event came to town and he was a wild card and he surfed through the wild, through the trials or whatever. And then drew Kelly. I mean, really what we thought was his prime. He's had a very longer prime than we ever expected, but he was unbeatable at that point. And so Chris Davidson drawing Kelly out at bells. And I feel like Chris was even leashless or something like riding the pointy thruster leashless and Chris smoked Kelly and more than once too. And so that article, I think he earned himself that article based on that. And it had my attention. I read through all of it and got to know Chris through that and then followed his career afterwards. So I'm, come and surf lowers for that CT event. Um, so it's totally sad. And Kelly said in on somebody's Instagram post that Chris was one of the most naturally gifted surfers that he's ever known, which is yeah. quite a big, quite a big statement from Kelly. Um, but I don't think we need to blow past the bu- the booze part of the conversation that you're talking about, because it's such a common event in Australia, apparently, these uh, altercations outside the bar. So common, in fact, that many bars now put sponge rubber outside of their doors. 
So they lined the pavement with padding like you would see in a restaurant kitchen outside of the restaurants because these booze-fueled altercations have become so commonplace. And if the punch doesn't get you, falling and hitting your head often will. And um, so it's a, it's a real problem. And for the record, there is somebody who has been charged with this assault. His name is uh, Grant Coleman. He faces a minimum of 16 years if found guilty. So apparently these um, uh, pretty strict laws have been developed for this specific thing. And um, it's a maximum of 20 years in prison if he's found guilty for that. And then 25 years if, it, if they find out that he was intoxicated. So they actually add years based on whether or not you had been drinking. And then a minimum of 16 um, just for being convicted well, of it. Guaranteed so. he was drinking. I mean, at the risk of not being one of the investigators. Like if you're at a bar, and you're whatever age, it's just, even if, I mean, you know, but it's, it's just, and it's a part of our culture too. It's just a part of North American culture, alcohol. Alcohol is a big part of all cultures <laughs> forever and ever and ever, you know? Yeah. It's just weird. It's just, it's just so sad. But I mean, yeah, it it's, it's a good reminder. Everything you're saying is accurate, but for me, it was also a good reminder on, um, how delicate your head is and how sensitive the brain is and you know literally like boom in a blink of an eye you fall hit your head it could be violence related it could be alcohol related or it could just be surfing related or bicycle riding your bicycle or skateboarding or whatever and everything changes from that point so it's unfortunate that booze obviously um in uh eliminates your inhibition and so you're liable to fly off you know the handle more quickly and all that sort of stuff and then that split second decision becomes life-changing life-changing totally and so just be careful with your head wear a helmet for whatever sporting activity you're doing all right well david great show um the boardroom show's coming up and we're pretty excited. We're busy, obviously, doing a lot of work for the boardroom show here. And the California Gold Surf Auction is going to be going off. Um, our bidding begins October 1st through October 15th. And I just did a, um, a podcast, a boardroom podcast with Randy Rarick. And we, we do a deep dive on his latest project, the summer of 66. And we, we talk a lot about uh, other stuff that's going on in the surf world. So check that out randy rarick podcast did you receive that i did yeah last night i believe so yeah. i've got time today i will get that published cool cool well until next time adios and aloha sailing away on the crest of a wave it's like
together.